Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirim and Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom. We are now in Masachet Gitin Daf Ayin Aleph Amud Bet. Uh, in Mishnah Gimel of the seventh parak. Uh, actually in, uh, Mishnah Bet of the, uh, seventh parak. And, um, Amrulo, if, uh, others said to, and as Rashi points out, either it could be a bari or a shchivmira. As shchivmira, who understands what's going on, nichtov get liishtecha. So in other words, they initiated the suggestion. Vamarlehim ktuvu, and he said to them, write it. Amrula sofer v'chatav v'leidim v'chatmu, and then they went and commissioned a sofer to write it, and they told other edim to sign it. In other words, he had told them to write it. And then they took it further, and it's picking up, of course, on what we saw in the other parak. Even though they uh, did all of that and gave it back to him, and then he turned around and gave it to her, which means he is confirming that their actions were okay. The get is batel because they did not write it as per his original commission. Until he directly says, to the sofer, you should write it, and tells the edim that they should sign it. In other words, it seems to confirm Rabbi Yossi's position that we dealt with in the previous year, that mili lomim um, shliach, and that the uh, and that the agents cannot pass on the commission to anyone else. All right, so let's take a look at the analysis. Tama delo amar tnu. The in the opening line, the fellow said ktuvu. And <clears throat> so we assume that the reason that it's the get is un, is invalid is because he did not commission them to give it, but just to write it. Hamar tnu notnin. So it seems that if he has said kitvu utnu or ktuvu tnu, then they can go ahead and give it. It would be valid. Mani. So who's the author of this? It must be Rameyer, who is the uh, dissenter against Rabbiosa's opinion. Demar mili mimser on shliach. Sounds like they're able to pass the commission on. So ema seifa. Look at the second half. The end of the Mishnah says that it's not good, it's invalid unless he directly tells the Sofer and the Edim to do their jobs. It sounds like the second half of the Mishnah takes the opposite position, that of Rabbi that says, and it cannot be passed on. So, Reish or Meir, Sefer, Rabbi Yossi, it's a little strange to have one Mishnah in which one clause will, will, uh, be uh, informed by the opinion of her mayor, and immediately afterwards, the second clause, which is clearly tied to the first, represents the opposite opinion of Rabiosi. So the first suggestion the Gemara makes is in Rasha Mayor from Sefer Rabiosi. Alright, we're not comfortable with that, so Bayamar Kula Rabiosi, the entire mission is her mayor. After all, your inference is not necessarily the case. He did not say Tnu, since he did not say Tnu, then. Um, then uh, Rameyer will agree that unless he directly commissions the Sofer and the Edim, then they can't write it. There's no Mili here to pass on because he never said it Tnu. So, so if that's the case, the end of the Mishnah shouldn't say An Shiomar, it should say Achimar Tnu. Not the issue is not who he tells, but what he says. So that can't work. So the third answer is the Lo Amar Plata. He did not tell three people, he did not commission them as a Beitin. So Yachayat Shemar L'Shloshem by the same problem, it's the same deficiency. That the Mishnah should not say Ad Shemar L'Shofer, but should say Ad Yosh Shemar L'Shloshah. Ela Kula Rabbi So now we go 
sort of the other side of the circle and say the entire Mishnah is Rabbi Yossi. Vachamayaskinim to law amar imru that um, the uh, the the Ramyosi would agree that if he had said in this position that if he had said Imru, you go tell these guys to do it, then Milimim Suranlishliach. So Ihachiat Shamar Imrumi Baile. So then the end of the Mishnah should not say until he tells the Sofer, it should be unless he tells them to tell the Sofer. And that would be good enough. And this is something that we just saw in the previous podcast. Since when does Rabbiosi agree that if a dispatcher tells a shaliach to tell somebody else to do something, that it works? This we just saw. The Mishnah says later on that if the sofer wrote it and an aid, really what it means is that the sofer and the other aid signed it. Rabbiosi identified the author of the Mishnah as Rabbiosi. Right, which means that the that the uh, husband had to do, have directly told the sofer and the other fellow to sign. But if you think that Rabbi Yossi would say in a case of imru that it works, nothing then however you could have a catastrophe. What would that be? You could have a situation where the fellow told. Two guys go tell the sofer to write it, and go tell Plony and Plony to sign it. When we show Kisufa to sofer, and when they show up to the sofer, they're embarrassed that he wasn't asked to be an aide, so that they're going to um, to be concerned about his his uh, his honor, and they're going to tell him to sign. And the husband never said it, which means it will have a get that looks like a get but isn't really a get, and all of the usual uh, bad consequences will happen. We really have to go back to our original answer, which again we're not that comfortable with, which is that the first half of the mission is Rameyer, the second half is Rabiosi, which means Rabiosi does not uh, agree that Vaomer Imru works in any case and that we saw in the previous uh, piece uh, in, in within our analysis of Shmuel's opinion. Now, Ravashi Amar, Ravashi has another solution to this, which solves the problem of the split Mishnah and the Omer Imru. Kula Rabiosi, the entire Mishnah is Rabiosi, following by Akamar. Our Mishnah is trying to show us a, a uh, more obvious case and a less obvious case. In the first clause, where he didn't say tenu, it certainly doesn't work. Even if he does say tenu, it doesn't work. And in the and even if he doesn't speak to, if certainly if he doesn't uh, commission three, then it doesn't work. Even if he tells three to do it, low. As we saw in the uh, in the previous parak, where he has to uh, commission, uh, where the Beitin themselves have to um, have to learn and write and write it on their own. And e and certainly if he doesn't tell the his his agents to go tell somebody else, even if he does say imru, it doesn't work, and therefore he has to directly tell the sofer. And now, we have a bright that supports that last very elegant solution. If the sofer wrote it properly and the Adim signed it properly, even though they signed it and gave it back to him and he gave it to her, kind of paraphrasing our Mishnah, until he directly hears the sofer. Um, and the Adim directly hear from him, you write it and you sign it. 
Now, why does it say Yishmu'u Kolo? Yishmu'u Lafukiman Damar Mother Yosemar Imru. They say they they have to hear it because that's showing us that Rabbi Yossi does not agree that Milimim Sarn Lashliach in a case of Imru. Hearing it secondhand doesn't work. And by the way, Kolo, why Lafukiman of Khan Amarav? It said, they have to hear his voice. That is to uh, oppose the opinion suggested by Rav that a cheresh who uh, can communicate in writing uh, can commission a get to be written. So no, they have to actually hear his voice, which means that a, a mute cannot do so. Okay. The next Mishnah, Mishnah Gemal, Zegitech Imati. We're now going to enter into the area of Ein Getlachar Mitah. Of course, a dead man cannot be Megaris. The woman's already in Amona. We'll see how this plays out. Fellow is sick. This is the typical scenario. He's sick. They don't have children. His brother's not good, not a good guy. He wants to exempt her from Yibum. So he's on his sick bed and he says, This is your get Imati. If I die, meaning from that current condition. This is your get if I die from this disease. Or just simply, he says, this is your death, your get after I die. That clearly is nothing. But if he creates a retroactive get, so he says, if I die, then the get is active from now. Or from this moment. That's valid. Now, what if he mixes them up and he says, Get veino get, meaning it's a safek get, or it's a partial get, meaning bemet. And so we have the classic case if somebody during that intervening time dies, uh, dies, then she will have chalitza because she may have already been divorced. She can't have yibum, but she may not be divorced, and therefore is chayev, so she can't have yibum, but she must have chalitza. Now zegitech mehayom imati micholize. Now, he does one of the gitin that in the second clause of the Mishnah we said would be valid retroactively. But, v'hamad v'halach mashuk. He got up. The apparent meaning of this is that he was healed. V'chalah uh, Then he got sick again and died. Omdimoto. Then we have to estimate. Im machman chole rishon mate. If he died because of the first disease, he just had a temporary uh, moment of, uh, or a day or so of health. But otherwise, his death was caused by the first disease. Hareza get. Because that was the, the, the get was conditioned on him dying from that disease. get, but if he got better and then something else happened, he got better and then he got hit by a bus, or he got better and then contracted some other disease and died, then it ain't no get, because the get became batel the minute that he was healed from that disease. Okay, let's look now at the analysis. Um, the opening line says, imati is no good. So, alma imati kil acharmita dami. When you say imati, that's like saying it's after death. And then later, the the uh, second clause, which establishes the retroactive get, which is valid, you again uses the phrase imati. Alma imati dami. So imati doesn't take on the meaning of after death. So the answer is quite straightforward. The word in phrase imati is equivocal. It could mean retroactive from now, and it could mean only after death. So, how do we determine? If he threw in the word, the, the phrase, it's retroactive from now, then But if he didn't add that in, and that's of course very straightforward. Now, 
the Mishnah said that if he that in the first clause, if he says it's absolutely nothing. Now, absolutely nothing would mean there's no get. And when he dies, she should have yibum, and she's an almana. Amar Ravuna vecholetzet. Ravuna says she needs chalitza. The implication, of course, is that she can't have yibum. But the Mishnah said it's nothing, which means she should have yibum. So the answer is, Lomar Klum dasira la alma. Lomar Klum means it's not a valid enough get for her to marry somebody else. But she's also also to the Abam because there is a get hanging here. But in the second, in the last clause where we had the mixed language, we said Choletzet. Said that one is enough of a get to say that she can't have yibum. The implication is that in the first case where it was an absolute uh, invalid get, she should be able to have yibum also. In other words, what we have is case one is a nothing, case two is a total get, and case three where he mixed it is a safek, so it's choletzet. The implication is the first case is an absolute total non-get, and she should be able to have yibum. So the answer is matnitin kirabanan. Our Mishnah is following Rabbanan, and indeed in our Mishnah that's how it plays out. For Rav Huna Damar Krabiosi. Rav Huna was adopting the position of Rav Yossi Damar that the date on the star indicates when it comes from. So therefore he says, since the guy wrote the get today while he was alive, so because he said imati, the get is invalid, but the zman of the star is enough to make it enough of a get that you can't have yibum. So he Rabiosi, if Rabiosi is informing Ravuna's opinion, so Khalitsanamilotiboy, she shouldn't need Khalitsa either, because we should consider it a full get, because of the Zman of the stars when he was still alive, and therefore she doesn't need Khalitsa either. So So perhaps you'd suggest, and this would be a reasonable suggestion, that Ravuna is in doubt as to whether the Halacha follows Rabiosi or not. And therefore if halacha follows Rabiosi, then she could have Yibum. If halacha doesn't follow Rabiosi, then she won't even need Chalitza. Uh, sorry, if halacha follows Rabiosi, then she's totally divorced and, and doesn't need any, doesn't need Chalitza. And if halacha does not follow Rabiosi, then she could have Yibum, uh, also. And since he's been Supak, he's only Chalitza, only Chalitza. But that will only work if it's true. But since when is Rav Huna unclear about whether Halacha follows Rav Yossi about Zmano Shostar, we have a story. Rav Avua was sick. Rav Huna Rav Nachman came to visit him. So Amalei Rav Huna Rav Nachman. Rav Huna said Rav Nachman, who was the, not the elder, but the chief spokesperson, said, you ask him, buy me name Rav Avua, ask him, What's our tradition here in Bavel? Do we follow Rabbi Yossi or not? I don't even understand Rabbi Yossi's reasoning. And you want me to ask Rabbi if we follow him? So Rafuna said to Halacha. You ask him whether that's the Halacha. And I'll explain to you Rabbi Yossi's reasoning. So what happened? Rabbi Nachman went in. By mine, he asked him, Amalei hachi amarav, so Ravavavua quoted Rav. Halacha ke Rabiosi. The halacha follows Rabiosi. And of course we would have to assume that since Rav, who was Ravuna's Rebbe, said halacha Rabiosi, and Ravuna was asking the question, we assume he accepts that halacha Rabiosi all the way down the line. So Levata denafak Amalei hainu tamid Rabiosi. So after Nachman came out and told Ravuna that the halacha is like Rabiosi, Ravuna did what he promised. 
I'll explain the reason to you of Nachman. That the date on the star indicates when its validity kicks in. Which means that Rav Huna should rule like Rabiosi all the way and say that this star, this get is a, is an absolute get against our Mishnah and should therefore say that she doesn't need Chalitz at all. So why does he say Cholatzet? Rav Huna's doubt was as follows. Does Rabiosi whose position is predicated on a written star with a date on it, does he extend it to an oral direction, an oral command? In other words, the fellow said, right again, but he said it while he was alive. And he said, Imati. The question is, is that, is, does that Baal Peh also kick back to the time that it was commanded? So, since one is Ravuna even unclear about that, we have the following Mishnah. Typical case, a guy's going on a dangerous journey. If I'm not back in 12 months, this is a get. But then he dies during the 12 months. Ain't no get. It's not a get because he was not around to fulfill the condition of not arriving. But we have a statement that our teachers, we'll see who they are, allowed her to marry. In other words, said it is a good get. Who is that? The famous Beitin that was Matir Shemenakum, who was that Vesavid Akarbiosi, that Beitin held like Rabiosi, Damarzmano Shostamochia Chalav. And that case was Baal Peh, the guy gave her a get, and then made an oral condition of saying, if I'm not back in 12 months, it's valid. And they said that it's a valid get, meaning even when you make that condition Baal Peh, that Zman still works. So, so Ravuno should be clear that Rabiosi, the halacha Rabiosi and halacha, and that Rabiosi's halacha he personally applied to even a case of an oral condition. But Ravuna's doubt was as follows: I know what Rabiosi's position is. I don't know that we follow Rabiosi when the commission was done balpe. And again, we ask, since one was Ravuna even in doubt about that? Yama Rava, we have the famous uh, statement of Rava, The fellow says uh, the following sort of strange uh, verbiage. He says, This is your get if I die again, like we have in our Mishnah. <clears throat> um, or he says either one of those, uh, either one of those uh, phrases. get if he says, this is your get when I die, or after death, ain't a get. So now, what's the case? This is Rava's analysis. If he said, um, sorry, this is our analysis of Rava's statement. If, he's, if he said, that we have in our Mishnah. It's very clear that if he says, it's a valid get. There is a get. It must be that he didn't say Mehayom. Now, of course, Rabbanon could never allow such a thing. It must be Rabiosi. So we see that the halacha follows Rabiosi, even Balpeh, and it should not be a question that, that, that we rule like Rabiosi, the Zmanoshal Star, even Balpeh. So the answer is the Rav Pshitale. You're right. Rav was uh, sure that that was the halacha. Ravuna Masafkale. Ravuna wasn't so sure. So therefore, Ravuna said, if the guy gives a get and says, uh, imati, without mihayom, he says imati, 
since I'm not sure if we rule like Rabbi Yosi, even Balpeh, therefore Cholatzet. Could be that in Rav's case, he's reading it like Rabbanan, and the guy said, The reason he needed to teach it was not because of the principle, because that we have in our Mishnah. He was teaching it because of these odd phrasings, that the phrase should be treated as imati. Kishamut should be treated as kalacharmitadami. So in other words, statement was not there to teach the principle that a retroactive get will work, but rather to teach that these formulae are similar to the ones that we already know from the Mishnah. Alright, so that is one treatment of Rav Huna's statement. That Rav Huna, and I've noted on the papers, Rav Huna 1, Rav Huna 2, that, uh, that Rav Huna's intention was that Rav Huna made his comment about Cholatzet as a comment on the first clause of the Mishnah, when you had the invalid get. Some people read Rav Huna's statement as uh, as a comment on the Seifa when you had um, um, when you had the following Zegitech Lachar Mita Lo Amar Klum Amar Rav Huna Ledivir Reb Yosi Cholatzet. He says, according to Rabbi Yossi, it's Choletzet. Apshita, in the Sefer, the Rabbanon Choletzet, Reishon of Rabbi Yossi Choletzet. After all, if in the last case of the Mishnah, where you mix the languages, the Rabbanon say Choletzet because of the Suffolk, so certainly in the Reisha, Rabbi Yossi will also say Choletzet. So, Mahudatema, Rabbi Yossi, Bahak, Rabbi Svirle. I might think that here Rabbi Yossi holds like Rabbi. Damar Gita Malyahav, he says, such a thing is an absolutely good get. You wouldn't even, even need Chalitza, because Rabbi, as we'll see in a moment, says that such a get is a, an absolutely valid get. Kamash Malan, Rabbi Savalak Rabbi Yossi. For Rabbi Yossi, Savalak Rabbi. The Rabbi Yossi does not accept Rabbi's ruling. And Rabbi Yossi says, it is not a full get, it's just a safek. And indeed, Rabbi rejects Rabbi ruling, and we'll see that in a minute. Rabbi lo savalak Rabbi Yossi diktani kazeget limutid Rabbi Yossi. That Rabbi commenting on this says this is a get, and that this is a get to uh, to say. But I am rejecting Rabbi Yossi's get. We'll see what that is. Rabbi Yossi lo savalak Rabbi diktani kazeget limutid Rabbi. Now, Rebbe Mahi, what is that statement? The whole time we're looking, what, what is Rebbe's statement that Rebbe Yossi rejects? Tanya mehayom ulachar mitah, the mixed language, get ve no get, v'chachamim, Rebbe Yomer get. The last case in our Mishnah, when you mix two phrases, and chacham said it's a suffix get, Rebbe said, no, this is a perfectly good get, kazeh get. He's saying kazeh get, and not Rebbe Yossi's. Rebbe Yossi Mahi, what's Rebbe Yossi's that Rebbe rejects? Did non katvu, not tan katvu, not kitvu utunu get liishti. He tells people to write a get and give it to his wife. He doesn't arrive in twelve months. If they wrote it during twelve, during the twelve, but gave it to her after the twelve, then ain't no get. Rabbi Yossi says it is because again star. In other words, the guy's commission was write the get and give it to her if I don't come after twelve months. They had to have written it during the 12. So if they gave it to her after the 12, it's no good. Rabbi Yossi says it is good because Vanoshal Star. When Rabbi said Kazeget, he meant this one and not that other one that Rabbi Yossi was Machshir. And Rabbi Yossi said in our case Kazeget, that was to reject Rabbi's. Okay, so, so therefore, um, we needed, in the second version of Ravuna, we needed Reb, uh, him to say that according to Rabbi Yossi Cholatzet, because we would think that Rabbi Yossi would say you don't need anything because he agrees with Rabbi that this is an absolutely valid get in the case of the uh, of the mixed language.
Okay, the um, the end of the Mishnah brought this uh, case where the fellow got better and was walking around. So the guy was walking around. This we saw a little bit earlier in the Masachet. Ravuna equates the get of a shchivira to the maton of a shchivira. We know lots about the maton of a shchivira. A shchivira can dictate orally to give all his possessions away, and that is as if the kinyan has been done, uh, has been affected. And uh, if he gets better, then the entire the entire uh, matana can come back. So just like with a matana, if he gets better, the entire thing is retracted because he clearly was giving it away because he thought he was going to die. Same thing with a get. If he orders a get on his deathbed and then gets better, and he's very sick, but he gets better, then the get is retracted. And just like with a get, if a shchimira says kitvu, um, nonetheless, even though he did not explicitly say tnu, we assume tnu. Same thing with matana. Once he said give it, even though they didn't make a kinyan from him, the kinyan is still valid, and the matana is, is uh, in effect, even though they didn't get it to the guy before the shchimira died. All right. So now that's uh, a clear reading from our mission of the fact that if the guy got up and walked around, the get is now bato. Now, But if you say that the minute the guy gets up, the get is gone, so lama leyumdana. What am I, why am I doing an estimation? The guy's walking around. That's it. The get is batel. Hare amad. So I'm Rabbi Rav Yosef Mishmei Rava. So he says, you know what? What did he talk about? Shenitak mecholu lecholi. He went from one disease to the other. In other words, he didn't get up and start running marathons. He got up and was able to walk around, but he had some other disease. Vahamad Khanit said he got up. So Ahmad Micholizeh means he got up, meaning he was done with that disease. Vinafala Cholyacher. He went from uh, pneumonia to something else. Vahalach Bishuk Tani says he was walking around the shuk. So Halach al Mishanto, meaning he was walking around but uh on his uh, on his stick. He was uh he was uh Walking with some help. So it's teaching us that it's only when he's walking around limping and, and still sickly, then we have to make an umdana. When he dies, did he die from that original disease or from the new one? But but if he's walking around healthy, then we don't need to do an umdana. It's clear that he got better. It's clear that the get is canceled and now she's an almana. Now, Shaman Mina, what do you infer from that? Shchimira shentak mecholi lecholi. Now we go back to the matona of a shchimira, a gift of a, a monetary gift of a shchimira. That if a shchimira gave everything away and he then got better from that disease, but it, but moved from that disease to another disease, matnato matana. The gift is still a gift. He's not choser, and that's a little bit strange because our general assumption is that when a shchimira gives everything away, and whatever it was that made us think he was going to die, he's recovered from, that the gift is retracted. So the answer is, in that's the case, that if he goes from disease to disease, the gift is still in place. That's the ruling, that if a shchimira goes from one disease to the other, then the gift that he gave is still a good gift, because the only reason the gift is retracted is because suddenly he's healthy and he's going to live. Oh, it doesn't really make much of a difference to him if he dies from this disease or that disease, as long as it's been a continuous um, 
sick situation and, and, and mortal situation. Now, Rama Varava Losfira Lahadu Ravuna. Rama and Rava did not accept Ravuna's uh, idea that the get uh, is automatically cancelled if he gets up and, and walks around. Um, uh, in other words, that if the fellow had not said um, this phrase, Imati, he's just a Shrimiro, says, Give this get to my wife. That um, if he gets up from that disease, that uh, that it's choser. They did not agree with that. Why? Because then what's going to happen is that um, they're they're, they're going to give the get after he's dead, and people are going to think that such a thing could happen. And the guy will say, "This is the get after I die," and people are going to okay it. Now wait a second. That means that we have something here which midoraita. It's not a get, and they're going to say we still have to to see it as a valid, valid get. So, how do you have a situation like that, that um, if the guy gets back, gets up, we, we're saying that it is really not a get. But they're saying we have to maintain it as a get so that we don't think that yesh get lacharmita, when you have, where do you have such a situation? The answer is in This we've seen several times. Whenever you give kiddushin, it's adayt to meaning the assumption that rabbanon consent to your kiddushin. And the rabbanon uprooted your kiddushin. This we saw in the context of violating a takana rabbanon and mishum mitznuot and mishum prutzot and beginning to both in several contexts. In the famous question of the ravina ravashi teinach takadish bekaspa and the famous rashi in kitubot. Um, that Ravina said Ravashi, that can only work if he gave her a Kiddusha Kesef originally, way back when he married her. It was Kesef Kiddushin. So therefore, the Rabbanon can turn around and retroactively say that Kesef was Matana, that never was Kiddushin. But Kaddish Babiya Ma'ikil Amemar, what if he did Kiddusha Biya, then what can you do with that? So that's easy. The Rabbanon turn around and retroactively say that Biya was not Biyat Kiddushin, it was Biyat Znut, and therefore there never was Kiddushin. And this is what we refer to as hafka at kiddushin. All right, Tanur Banan zegitech mehayom imati micholize. All right, so the guy made this sort of condition, where he said uh, a proper retroactive condition, just as we had in the second clause of the Mishnah. But now, what happens if he never gets out of bed and he dies? Then the get is valid. But what happened when afal habayit alav But in the meantime, he dies because he got hit by a bus. In other words, he's lying in bed. And suddenly there's an earthquake, and the, and the house caves in, and he dies. So he never got up from that disease, and he ended up dead, but uh, not for the same cause that he had in mind. Or he was bitten by a snake. So we say, a no get. But if he says, im lo amod if I never get up from this disease, when I fall and then the house caved in or he was bitten by a snake, I raise a get, because that's exactly what he said. This get is valid from today if I never get out of bed from this uh, sickness. Uh, he, he ended up in that bed underneath the house, dead. So, why do we distinguish? So, they sent a message for Eretz Yisrael saying, well, a similar case, if a guy makes a condition like that and he gets eaten by a wild animal, we also don't know what to do. In other words, we, we also don't understand what the distinction is. Now, Hahu Gavra, as we have a case that now will, will illustrate this. 
uh, take a look at the Rashi, Shachumitam, Al Yedei Maaseh Sheira Be'achad Shamarim Lo Amon Vicholi Zeh Ve'achlo Ari V'shachua Davar L'Eretz Yisrael So they asked the question in Eretz Yisrael about a situation where a guy made a condition like that and then had an inexplicable and unforeseeable thing happen to him that, that caused him to die. V'heshivu E'en Lanu Shihegeth their answer actually was not enlanu, meaning we don't know what to do, but rather we have no reason to say that this is a get. Why? Because it's an absolutely unforeseeable onus. So now let's see how this plays out, which would mean that that we're rejecting that ruling and saying that if the guy says, and then the house falls in on him, then the get is not a get. Now, gavra. Now we're going to see this principle applied to a case of mamonot. There was a fellow, the Zavin Ara he sold land to a friend, and he accepted upon himself that any onus that would happen, like uh, flooding or something like that, uh, he would take responsibility for and return the money. In the end, what happened was that the uh, people in the town, the king, the king commanded that they're going to have a waterway go right through that land. Something absolutely unforeseeable. So the buyer came to Ravina, he wanted his money back. So um, he said, um, give, give him this land properly. Um, you accepted any onus. Now Ravina said, you have to go take care of the land, you've got to fix the land or pay him back or something, because you accepted any onus. The king decided to put the waterway through there. So a student said to Ravina, That's an unforeseeable onus. The fellow could not have accepted upon himself. He accepted uh, a, a, a flood. He accepted a uh, previous owner come making a claim. He didn't accept, didn't accept something that unforeseeable. So this case eventually made its way to Rava. And Rava agreed with the student. It's an onus to Loshriach, and the fellow is exempt from, from making reparations. Now, Eitavei Ravina Ravas Ravina, who had now been overruled, challenged Rava, has said, After all, the Brita says that if the fellow says, if I don't get up from this disease, and then in the meantime, he's in some, some unforeseeable thing, kills him, we said it's a valid get. So, Rava, and Rava says, Look at the Reisha, where he says, um, where he says, uh, and such a case happens to say, you know, get. Right, so, so he said, so another student said to Ravina, just because the Rasha and the Seifa seem to be at odds with, with each other, um, we, we can't use it as a challenge. So, so Ravina said, you're right, he, that Rava's really right. Since the Rasha and the Seifa seem to contradict each other, this ruling cannot have been properly taught in the, in the Beit Midrash. It must have been presented to us erroneously. There must be some mistake in it. Zil Batar Svara. Then you have to use Svara, because we have no other ruling to go with. And Svara dictates that if it's an onus, the Loshriach, an onus you could not have foreseen, that you um, that he can't be responsible for it. And here we have a, a an interesting case that comes to Rava again. Uh, Rav Papa of Rav Huna Bereder of Shua, to the great Talmudim of Rava, Zavan Shumshimi Agida de Nahar Malka. They bought some uh, sesame um, at at this particular riverbank. 
Agud Malchi Lavorino, and they hired some sailors to take it across the river. And the sailors accepted. If something happens, they'll take responsibility, like insurance. In the end, what happened was that river got dammed up. Uh, so they couldn't cross it. So they said, you've got to hire some donkeys to, to walk it across. You accepted any onus. So they, they, the whole case came to Rava, who's their Rebbe, and these fellows are sailors. He, he was angry at his students. He called them a name, and he said, you guys are taking off people's clothes, stripping people naked. Because you're, you're, you're taking advantage and making them poor. This is honest. These sailors had no responsibility to cover a situation where, unforeseeably, the river would be dammed up, and they would have no way to get the produce across, and therefore they are exempt. Okay, we'll pause it at this point, and we'll show in the next podcast, pick up the mission at the very bottom of Daf Ayin Gimel, Amor Aleph. In the meantime, everyone should have a wonderful day.